Here it is. Welcome back to the show. This is the ADF Underground brought to you by All Day Football. What's up, y'all? I am your host, Chris Akami Chaus, welcoming you back to another episode. Week eight has begun. We're already at the midway point of the season, which is crazy to me because at the beginning, we didn't even think we would have a season because of COVID. But we are here, midway point. This is good stuff. I am joined again by the guy. The founder of Sojash Picks, my guy, EJ. What's going on, buddy? How we doing? Good. We're great. Feeling good. Uh, another Thursday night showdown. Didn't quite pick the game right, but other than that, we're feeling awesome, man. Just can't. And, uh, just I just want to pick back. Yeah, I want to pick it back up what you said. I was feeling the exact same way this week. Week eight. I remember we talked about so many different things coming into the season, right? The NFL just having week one. We were just all of us NFL fans. Thank God. Football's back. Yep. Even if it was, we were like, even if we want to get four weeks, man, it's better than nothing. And to be eight weeks in, we're definitely going to see the whole season see itself out. You know, we the 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 light is at the end of the tunnel, right? Agreed. So we know we're going to actually get 16 weeks of football. We're going to get playoffs. Man, I couldn't be happier about that. That's awesome. I'm glad you uh, touched on that at the top of the show. Yeah, off. well, I mean, props to the NFL. We got to give it to them because they're actually handling the COVID stuff a lot better than I had thought because – I mean, they have a full-on protocol. If someone is, is hit with a COVID positive test, they're shutting down the facility. Everyone knows this already. And, and I mean, they're getting through it with about four days. So if no other positive tests are happening, the other guy's out. But I mean, everybody can continue to play, which I find amazing, especially in this time. I mean, it's crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. It seems that they, they might have uh, a bit of an advantage on the rest of society or something because they yeah. seem to have this thing on lock. Absolute lock. If you catch it, you're out of the building, building shut down. They do some contact tracing. Within four to five days, it sounds like there's a turnaround and we're ready to go again. So I, I have no concerns. It sounds like football's, uh, you know, it's going to play this year and I'm, I'm excited. The NFL is a machine onto itself and nobody can stop it. We won't stop it. So before we get into the games, man, before we get into Thursday night football, trade deadline is Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern. Big names I'm hearing floating around. I don't know if you caught this. We're hearing Will Fuller is on the trade block. The Green Bay Packers are looking at him. I'm curious. This one, to me, would be great for the team. Not so much, I don't think, for fantasy football. But maybe it can be. I mean, where are you at with this one? I think this is great for both. Uh, honestly, Fuller's great right now, fantasy-wise. So I do understand any owners of Fuller, why they'd have hesitation. right? Going into another offense, uh, he'd, he'd be the clear number two there. There is yep. no cementing the uh, hot. Sorry. There's no cementing our guy there. Number 17. He, he's Adams. the man. Yep. Adams is the guy. So there's no, no taking him out of that number one slot. Even with Fuller, I don't think that hurts Adams's uh, production on the field at all. He, him and Aaron have a, a chemistry that you can't really, you can't get in the middle of that. that. That is what it is. His target share, I think remains the same, but they've always wanted that number two guy, that deep threat. Lazar was coming into his own. He still has potential. He's no fuller yet. So I, I totally understand from Green Bay's standpoint. They, I've been waiting for Green Bay to do something like this for years. Mm -hmm. For years, people have been saying, why won't they go after big-name free agents? I don't think they've That's done it since, since Reggie White. But like, No, they actually did it with uh, Charles Woodson. But I mean, Woodson. Yeah, but you're okay, right. so we got Reggie White, go right? Yeah. Reggie White, a Super Bowl came from that. Yep. Charles Woodson, a Super Bowl came from that. Yep. 
Are we on to something here? <laughs> hey, man. If they you see- go for two big-name guys in free agency, you get a Super Bowl, Green Bay. Come on hey, now. And, and that's how it is. And, I mean, I don't, I don't dislike it on any aspect because I think Aaron Rodgers has proven more than uh, many times that he can support multiple targets, multiple weapons on the field. Absolutely. I mean, we saw it in the Jordy Nelson days with Randall Cobb. I think Devontae was there at that same time too. So, I mean, there will be enough to go around. It's just the Matt LaFleur system is more – dedicated i want to say to the run so maybe that will pull it back but i mean you add a you add a target that can burn the field like will fuller on this offense you have aaron jones in that backfield he'll never see a stacked box again for the rest of the season so absolutely i think that's it's it's a money deal if that does happen i am curious to see how the deadline goes down hurt steph gilmore is being shopped around he put his house up for sale as well so i mean that's and he uh he's on the injury report saying that he tweaked his knee but i think that's a little bit uh I might be trying to save him. Trying to save him, yeah. I think so, too. I think so, too. So, I mean, depending on what they can give up or or get for for, uh, Steph, I I don't know. I I don't think he's a first-round caliber anymore. I think – Who's in the market for a corner? Is there any any playoff teams that are in the market right now? Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks would be one that jumps off the page. They don't have picks anymore because they spend everything on Jamal. But do you think they would? They might. You never know. You you team up Steph Gilmore with – They've been uh, players. They've been players. They just grabbed the pass rusher. That's right. You never know. They've been players. They're always players. They're always players. And I like that. I actually, I enjoy seeing teams be aggressive at the deadline. Even my Eagles, even though they're not having a great year, we're still players. And I enjoy that. I don't understand teams like the Texans and stuff. Like, I understand this is not the year they expected, but man, ah, you came in with DJ. This was supposed to be a turnaround. Is the Bill O'Brien effect. I mean, he's gone now, so they're going to put and, – and there's this is the one thing I don't get. I agree with you is because it's Romeo Cornell. There's no certainty that he's going to be the head coach next year. So, right. I mean, why don't you just play out the season? But I guess they want to stack picks because Bill O'Brien did them a, a massive disservice this uh, last couple off seasons. So, I mean, yeah, some of the moves didn't, yeah. didn't quite pan out. No, they didn't. So, let's jump into Thursday. We had a good game. I mean, I was expecting a good show. I think we got it. Um, the Atlanta Falcons taking travel to the Carolina Panthers game ended 25, 17 Atlanta. They're trying to claw back, man. I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite impressed with this Raheem Morris, uh, interim head coach. He, this is the defense. The defense, in my opinion, has lifted their level of play, even with the talent that they do have, which isn't a whole heck of a lot. I mean, there's still pieces there, but he's got them moving. And, and this is what we expected from coach Quinn being the disciple from the Legion of Boom from Seattle. And, I mean, after – I mean, the last three years, that defense has been falling off. But Morris has got him playing again. Absolutely. Absolutely. From uh, a win standpoint, he's got him playing. They should be 3-0. We all saw the, the, the girly stumble, right? Yep. Or else that game is probably over. We're probably sitting around 97% chance of, of them winning the game with, a, with that converted kick. So, uh, yeah, the way they're playing with the Raheem, I'm – I'm actually surprised. I recall Raheem, you know, when he had his first shot. And it, it's funny how those things stand out. You forget how great he was prior to his first shot as a, as a head coach. He, he had done some great things as defensive coordinator in Tampa before that. And then he, he, and then he got his chance as a head coach, and it, it faltered a little bit. And that happens as a first job, right? You, you're coming in. He was young at the time, too, I believe. He's one of the younger coaches to get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it faltered. He kind of faded to the back of your mind as, in terms of someone who schematically – uh, can can impose himself on a game, right? Like, he was just kind of a name now. And the last three games, you're wondering, like, maybe not. I, I'm, I'm glad that you touched on that because you're, you're seeing a team that's taken an Atlanta defense that I thought and all the experts were saying was a fantasy feast. You're playing Atlanta, you're going to feast. Yep. 
Hold up, guys. Uh, I just watched DJ Moore not make a catch until the fourth quarter. I, I believe he ended the game with two catches for 50 yards. That's not a great day. No, it's not. Our guy, Mike Davis, who I've been on the train, very Shut mediocre up. day. Shut very down. mediocre. I believe in PPR, he averaged somewhere around 7.7, 7. 7, something like that. So super mediocre, right? In, in a start that a lot of people thought he was going to have a, 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 at least at least a double-digit game. Minimum, right? He even, was, he was a, even Teddy. We thought Teddy, Teddy was going to blow yeah. up, and Teddy only Teddy. put up, what, 13 points? Yeah, everybody on the Carolina offense. Robbie Anderson was pedestrian for himself. He had a lot of targets, didn't turn him into big plays. Samuel, he's on a lot of, he's on a lot of waiver targets, though, right? And he finally got his game, which was nice to see. Samuel is that jack-of-all-trades. I've always been a, a Samuel guy. He just needs an opportunity. But, yeah, I think that defense showed out. They showed up, and they showed out. They won the game. They held it down. Julio on the other side, still Ooh. one of the best receivers in the Julio. league. He's healthy. You can't guard him. And you saw that from the first snap. 10 yards off, <laughs> 15 yards off, 20-yard cushions. Yep. They can't guard him. When he comes at you, 225 pounds of muscle, like a freight train, He's and then he stops, beast. and then he just stops yep. on a dime yep. for an so out route. You're, you're, you're going on that, that, route, that out route he made to the The side. out route where Buddy fell. Like, I know oh, Buddy God. fell, but even without the fall. No, that was over. That. It, was game, it was game over. Yeah, it was game when over. When Julio's playing like that, Matt Ryan's it, – it looks like pitch and catch. You wonder how it, how it doesn't always happen, but, man, that's so, a thing of beauty to see. So are we concerned with the, with the Panthers at this point? I mean, this division for the wild card is still basically up in the air. We know this. I mean, okay, Tampa Bay looks like they're kind of running away with this. I mean, the Saints have had health issues, so I'm not counting them out whatsoever. I mean, it, they're, they're winning games, but, I mean, if they can – continue to win even in the way that they are but then get uh, michael thomas back i mean that's a scary team all in all so it's going to be a two two uh, uh, head race in that division but i mean with the nfc west i mean you could see all four teams in this playoffs playoff format come out of the west as well so this Absolutely. is a big one for the panthers in my opinion on this was an is a it was a much needed victory that they did not get i think this hurts the panthers um you never want to count someone out too early, but this is a big setback for them. That feels like a two-division team uh, race right there. And, and from, from the start of the season till now, I've definitely shifted my transition on Tampa Bay. That defense is looking like they're an elite defense. Yep. And if Brady is going to take that offense as far as they can go with the new signing of Antonio Brown, they look like they might actually be the favorites to win the division. And then I got the Saints coming in second, which leaves not much room for Carolina to do, to do too much there. I think their season is going to be pretty tough uh, going forward to make the playoffs. Agreed. I think both teams are going to struggle. So, I mean, it was a good game. It was Thursday night football. It was one of the better ones. I'm still an Atlanta fan uh, per se. So, I mean, they, they still look good. I'm, I'm hoping that they can uh, string some wins together and still tough pick injury it up. though. Tough injury. We missed there with Calvin Ridley. Oh Oof. yes, we did miss that. That's a big one. And it and is he went out early. I think the end of the game was somewhere around 50 yards. He was probably poised to have another dominant yeah. performance. You know, Calvin's a tough guy to lose. Uh, it the looked, report did it come back. Super minor, but he he didn't come back in the game. Not even attempt. So I, I'm not sure what was the report. I didn't quite catch it. Yeah. So the report came back that it's a it's a mild sprain on the top of his foot. So he is week to week at this point. Week to week. There is no structural damage, which is great for uh, Calvin Ridley fantasy owners, Atlanta Falcon fans. It's a big one. I mean, we saw, but I mean, this is how this offense is run, and and that was the thing. It was the next man up. So Russell Gage. And then you got that Blake kid that came in. You got Blake that came in. Zacchaeus yep. kid. He plays pretty well. So, I mean, even if, even if Calvin does miss time, I think this Falcons offense can continue to move. But Absolutely. it is a big loss without Calvin Ridley. No question about it. 
I mean, when we jump into Sunday, man, we got a slew of games to go through. Let's get Only it. a few bye weeks. But, I mean, the big one, the big one early on, we'll start off with that one, the Pittsburgh Steelers taking travel to Baltimore 5-0 and Pittsburgh Steelers, only an undefeated team in the league. And it was kind of funny because I went back and I was reviewing their stats, reviewing everything. And when the argument continues to come out and say Pittsburgh hasn't really beaten anybody of high caliber, and it's Ooh. pretty much true, except for Ooh. the Titans, they really haven't had the competition. So Ooh. now you get Baltimore, who, who is going to be at home. They're coming off the bye. But you, you know this. I've been preaching this. I'm not happy with Baltimore's level of play at this point. They're going to be without uh, uh, Mark Ingram. He's out. Dez won't suit up just yet. So, I mean, you're going to go unleash probably Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins in the ground game, but will you run the ball? I think you, you have to try because that offense isn't built to do uh, anything outside of running the ball. It has to run the ball and play off the ball, play off the run, right? So they got to they establish it. Even though you're going against the number one ranked run defense, it's going to be tough. But I, I do believe they can, uh, they can do some, some work against this defense because with Lamar, it's still a very, very tough run game to stop. Regardless of Ingram in there, he hasn't had the year that we expected no. him to have, right? So I don't think that's a big setback for their run game. You got to establish that run. And, and they're going to have to do that in this division battle. And I think they will to some degree. I think you'll see a little bit more Lamar than we've seen all year. They've been kind of saving him. I was looking at his carries. He's not, he's not leading the league, which is no, a shock. You thought, you thought for sure he would. I believe Cam was leading the league in rush attempts at quarterback, though. Um, so I think the, his uptick will be there this week for a little bit more Lamar. With that said, I'm still on the Pittsburgh wagon, though. For the overall win or to cover at the very least, keep this a three-point game or an outright win, I'm on the Pittsburgh wagon. They're so deadly in offense. I feel like Ben's hitting on all cylinders. Um, they almost took breaks off. It was almost like that, that game against Tennessee, which was supposed to be a heavyweight fight, was mm-hmm. a beatdown by Pittsburgh in the first half yep. with a comeback to me by Tennessee with Pittsburgh hanging on and then holding on for the win. But they, they established themselves in that first 15, 20 minutes as a clear uh, dominant team over Tennessee. And there was nothing Tennessee could do about it at the time. And that was without even looking at Claypool. They would just make sure he was lined up somewhere on the field. And then Ben didn't even look at him. It was more of a decoy. Mm-hmm. And that's scary to me that you could use a, a, a matchup like Claypool and not even abuse it and still dominate a half of football. So you, you still got Juju shining a little bit. You got Deontay when healthy. He showed us, yep. wow, is he good. But wow. Again, he, but again, he got injured covered. again. And I'm, but then again, I'm, he got injured. I'm Absolutely. getting concerned with this man just a little bit. You should bit. be. But this four and be. a half spread, this four and a half spread is favoring the, the Ravens. I think this is straight up bait by Vegas. Oh, okay. They, they want us to lose our money. I took the, uh, the Steelers to, to cover this one as well, plus four and a half, because I just don't see it. I'm in agreement. I mean, I think even off the bye, I, I'm not sure if Ngakwe is playing in this game, but even if he does, he's probably going to be on a snap he is. count. I believe yeah. he's playing. Yeah, yeah. He's so playing. I mean, he'll be on a snap count, but I mean, that's, that adds a huge dynamic to this defense. Des, our boy Des that we talked about, he's not playing. though. He's I not playing. I haven't heard anything about Des making this, the actual lineup yet, the 53-man roster. No, he's still on the practice squad from what okay. I know. He's going to probably take a couple weeks to get acclimated. But, okay. but even when you do, this is a defensive showdown. I, I really, truly believe Absolutely. that this is what's going to happen. But – 
I mean, it's difficult because both offenses can strike at will. We know this. It's going to be, I think, the big plays that are going to tell the difference of the story and then turnovers based on defensive pressures. I think that's what we're going to see, especially with what we saw with the Pittsburgh Steelers locking down Derrick Henry last week, which is no uh, easy task in itself at all. all. So, I mean, now you got Dobbins, who I'm a fan of. Gus Edwards, okay, he's very reliable and serviceable. We can both agree on that. But, I mean, I don't know. The way that the, the, the lack of commitment to the ground game for the Ravens, and if they're going to try to throw, I mean, we've seen it. Pittsburgh's beatable in the, through the air. They've been gashed a lot of times this season. So maybe that is the, the sleight of hand that Coach Harbaugh is going to do. I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting show, that's for sure. Should be. Should be a good one. Next one on the board is the Indianapolis Colts and the Detroit Lions. Colts are favored by minus two and a half at the moment. I like this game. I like this game a lot because I like both these teams. I like how they're both built. You know me. I'm a swift guy, but I am saying I do not like him in this contest because the, the Indianapolis Colts, I believe, have a top three run defense, if I'm not mistaken, and they will be coming with the hammer. Yes, they are ranked third in the NFL in run defense. I think this feels like an Adrian Peterson game. I, it was, it was kind of like what I was saying about the Rams last week going up against Chicago. I said bench Daryl Henderson. And, and I, got, I took a lot of flack for that, but it's only because you need that bruising type of back to set the tone. I mean, it's not to say that Swift won't get a lot of work in this contest. Maybe he gets some in the passing game, but it's going to be a lot less in my opinion because that front, uh, front seven of the Colts is very good. I like Kenny Galladay in this game a lot, man, a lot. Even though he's going up against probably Xavier Rhodes, I still love it a lot. I think we, we, we could see two touchdowns in this game from him. And, and the way Phillip Rivers plays on the other end, I don't know. I just He, he might turn the ball over because the Detroit Lions' run defense has actually picked up their game as well. Jamie Collins has been a gift to Matt, Matt Patricia. Um, how are you seeing this game going? You, you taking the Colts? You taking the, the Lions? I'm going with the Colts. Coming off a of bye week. Uh, I think they're going to get some things right, get healthy. That defense, like we talked about previously, very elite. I wasn't impressed with Detroit last week. I expected a little bit more from them coming out of that game, a little bit more from Stafford specifically. He was a, he was a hot waiver pickup. He was a, man, a fantasy start. He was supposed to be a top 10 finish. Didn't quite, didn't quite uh, perform. So I'm, I'm a little concerned with their offense. Like you said, going into this game against that defense, I'm a little bit concerned with, uh, with Adrian and Swift. I think this is a, a week you, gotta, you probably want to stay away from both running backs uh, um, unless you don't have any other options, really. Mm-hmm. They're, they're both going to struggle, I think, to move the ball against this defense. Uh, Stafford, though, I, I do like him in, in deeper leagues. Um, in terms of Galladay, I'm with you. Hawkinson, that's the one guy I'm really not too sure about. Now, this defense, I believe they're actually ranked number one against tight ends in, yep. in fantasy this year. They are. But Hawkinson, I, I'm, I'm wondering if they're finding a role for him coming out of the bye a couple weeks ago. And just looking at his stats, it looks more consistent. His target share looks more consistent. He, he's definitely a red zone threat. He's, to me, he's their number one red zone threat in the passing game. And he's produced so far this year. Uh, last year, if you go back to the beginning, he was producing and then he got hurt. So he's the one guy I'm not too sure. I think he's kind of on that line. Uh, of a start sit he's, he's a tough call but overall for this game i gotta go colts i think jonathan taylor has a good game i think rivers has a serviceable game uh the tight ends there trey burton he might be a sleeper to look at he, he produced last week i think he'll get a little more targets a little more touches a little more share as he as he gets more acclimated in this offense so yeah i, I get the colts went in there in a in a not a high scoring game probably something in that 23 17 16 range 
I could see that. I had uh, Jonathan Taylor as a big day performer on my start sit this week on the, on the article simply because so, so here, how do I, how do I say this? I've been impressed, but I haven't been because for me, I'm like, I'm, I guess lukewarm is the best way to say this because I love the skill set coming out of college. I love how he's being used now. I mean, granted it comes off the back of Marlon Mack being injured. Correct. But I mean, he's consistent. He's given you anywhere from 12 to 15 to 16 points every single week in half point PPR. So Absolutely. I'm totally good with that, but I want to see that explosion. We haven't seen that just yet. I really think that coming off the bye, I think that Frank Reich is going to put the, the, the work into him and say, this is your game to excel. If he doesn't excel in this game, I'm a little worried for the top end potential. But again, it's, he's still a young guy. He's learning the whole thing. He hasn't fumbled, which is good, which was a huge knock on him in college. He had Absolutely. 18 fumbles in college on 900 carries. So, wow. I mean, that's, that's a lot of fumbles. And he's, he's clearly cleaned that up. So maybe that is what's playing in his head a little bit, that he's not hitting the holes with as much uh, power and finesse as he would have before because he's so concentrating on holding onto that rock. And, and I think that's what's kind of suffering his, uh, his, his uh, overall ability at this point. Next game I have is the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. This time Vegas doesn't mess around. They give the Packers six and a half points. Not like week one where they favored the Vikings. I mean, Vikings take travel to Green Bay. I, I'm taking this spread all day long. I think Green Bay, you know, it was a hiccup, like we said, against Tampa Bay. And they came back last week and just absolutely uh, destroyed the defense feeding uh, Devontae Adams on the regular. Had a massive day. I believe it was over 200 yards, was it not, receiving? Yeah. So, I think yeah, he had so double it, digit receptions. It yeah. was just a beat down on Houston. 20 defense. targets, if I'm not mistaken. Devontae Adams at this point, man, I don't know if you saw, he is ranked as 26.8 PPR points on average. Insane. No, Insane. I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I, wow. Leads the league in receiving average right now at 26.8. Kick can run routes like the best of them. Unbelievable stuff. I mean, the Vikings are basically in a fire sale. They're one in five. I don't see much competition uh, from them this week, on, especially on the defensive side. I saw Hughes has been put to the IR as well. So you're going to see Adams run free again all day long. The problem is Aaron Jones is once again out, but I mean, they didn't seem to stumble with Jay Will last week, man. I think Packers take this one heavy. Yeah, I'm with you on the Packers. I got to go with them on this one. Um, I'm not overly heavy on it i think the game's gonna be a little closer than we think minnesota's coming off the bye the last time they played minnesota didn't know what they had in justin jefferson he was still being used in the slot he was on a very low snap count that game now they know what they have he's emerged so i think the offensive game plan coming off the bye is gonna be a little different cook sounds like he's a full go ready to ready to rock um i've heard rudolph say that he uh he doesn't think the season's over he, he's talking to the team and they have a belief that couple of those going, games go a different way, and, and they have a different record. They believe that they're not quite that team. So this is the week to show it. With that said, I don't see them winning the game, but I do see Minnesota coming out with a, a fight that we haven't quite seen in, in uh, previous weeks. But overall, that Green Bay team, Aaron Rodgers, when he's ready to go, especially with a familiar opponent like Zimmer and uh, that Minnesota defense, which we just touched on, is hurting. I can't see Rodgers faltering. If somehow they slow Devontae Adams down, he'll find a way to get the other guys rolling. So I got to go Green Bay here. But I do think the game is going to – I think by third quarter going into the fourth, mid-fourth quarter, we're going to be a little bit uh, worried about them covering the spread. It's going to be closer than we think. 
Yeah, I could see that. I could see them trying to kill that spread late. I mean, we, it, it happened in the first game. I mean, Kirk Cousins started to play in the second half. He was putting up points because, I mean, Green Bay obviously took their, uh, their pedal off the metal. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, do, I, do I disagree to say that Jefferson and Thielen won't have a day? No. I think that, you know, they're too damn good. I mean, we've seen it. Jefferson is absolutely fantastic, elite talent, elite prospect. Uh, he, he's a baller. But, I mean, from, from my thought perspective, Green Bay at home, um, I think I think this team is basically going to play out the string. I mean, kudos to you, Kyle Rudolph. But I mean, I'm not buying what you're selling, buddy. If you're selling me <laughs> girl guide cookies, I'm not getting them, man. No way, no how. <laughs> Next game on the board is my Buffalo Bills taking on those New England Patriots that don't have any wide receivers. Julian Edelman went for knee surgery. He is out. Poor Cam Newton has nobody to throw to. I actually feel sorry for this man because he went to New England to think, you know, I have an opportunity here to show the world that I'm back, that I can do something. And, I mean, he's had a few games, but, I mean, he was benched last week. And, I mean, that was Bill just giving courtesy, I think, to, uh, to Cam at that point. He knew that the game was completely done. I saw him go over to the sideline. He tapped him on the knee, and he says, you know, uh, you're not going to leave the bench anymore. We'll take care of this one. It's, it's done. Well, coming into Buffalo, this is a statement game for the Buffalo Bills like no other. Bills are favored by three and a half points. This is a statement game regardless of what anybody wants to say, in my opinion, because this is the transfer of custody when it comes to the division. This is it. This is the game. And if the Buffalo Bills cannot muster anything, and I told you last week, if the Bills didn't stomp the Jets like they would, I was going to come on this show and I was going to blast them. And this is what I'm going to do because I am pissed off. I am very angry with what I saw on the field of play. Perhaps the Buffalo Bills, the only pass I will give them is that they knew the team was so bad that no matter what they did, they were going to win that game. And the greatest stat from that game that I took from the Bills' defense, they gave up four yards in the second half to the Jets' offense. Four. I don't care who you are in the NFL. You hold an NFL offense to four yards in two quarters, that's that's progress. So – with that said, again, we have a hampered New England club, no wide receivers. The run game has been stagnant, but the Bills can't stop the run. They haven't proven they can stop the run. I'm concerned because Bill Belichick knows weaknesses, and he will, he, will, he will attack. He will give it to every back in that backfield. Cam will take it off the read option. They're going to run like hell because they don't have anybody to throw to. Buffalo, on the other hand, I'm really disappointed in the offensive play calling by uh, Coach uh, Dable, the offensive coordinator. He completely has removed the screen game from this offense, which really confuses me. It baffles me. It was working to Devin Singletary. They need to continue to start using uh, Cole Beasley like they have over the past two weeks. I mean, pepper this guy with targets. It will open up Stefan Diggs that much more. It'll open up the run game because you won't have that option of stack boxes. You need to use this offense the way it was built especially in the first two weeks we saw it done so it, it's possible Kyle or uh, Josh Allen was what the league leader in passing yards after four yeah. weeks and you can't do nothing against the Jets man help me out here I gotta stop I'm gonna have a hard that time. one was tough I I'm I'm with you I was very disappointed in the Bills performance last week and this feels short of the injuries at wide receivers it feels like a trap game to me it feels like mm. the Bills should be very concerned Favorites going into New England here, it doesn't feel like they're riding high. They barely, in my opinion, based on the, uh, the, final, the final numbers, the final totals, mm-hmm. their red zone production and everything, they barely beat the Jets considering what I expected in that game. A Jets team that is currently uh, 
favored to lose by 20 points? 20 points. 20 points. 20 point underdogs this week. Gross. And you could you could barely hang on to the win and barely strike touchdowns in the red zone. And I, I was just not too too impressed. But with that said, New England is just falling. They have fallen off a cliff offensively. The defense is playing too much. There's too many three and outs. They can't stay on the field. The defense is tired. It's not elite. They lost. I think they had the most players opted out this season. So you can't ask that defense to, to carry games for you like they did last year. That's just ridiculous. With, with everybody that's playing right now in New England, I don't see how they can muster up enough drives to win this game. Now, I'm not happy with the Bills, but I think the schedule is favoring them that they're getting this matchup this week. And this is a get-right week for them again. They've had two matchups back-to-back. Their division has turned into, I don't know if it's the East thing. NFC East is, is bad. And the AFC East, if, if something happens in Miami that they don't get right, the AFC East might be one of those divisions that's fallen off significantly again as well. Yep. Um, I got to go Bills to cover here. They should cover. I think that they just have too much talent to not. And New England, too many injuries. And without the injuries, they didn't have a lot going. So I can't see it happening. But I will put this caveat in there. Bill Belichick, he's a guru. He's a genius. Cam Newton, he's a fighter. So if anybody can surprise us and all of a sudden uh, have a game out of nowhere that no one sees coming, that's the guys that I can see doing it. I don't. I just can't pick it, though. No, I can't pick it. it. I'm still taking the Bills as well. Four points isn't a lot, but I'm nervous. I, I, I'm taking it. You, you said it's a get-right game, and I agree with you. This is the confidence builder that the Buffalo Bills need. I mean, We're going to pass the torch. Let's pass the that's torch. It. As soon as that torch gets passed, it's, it's confidence. And, and this is what you need. I mean, I was, I was watching, I can't remember one of the analysts on NFL Network, and he was talking about it is one of those things when you win one game, you get a little more. When you win another one, you get a little more. And it's, it just it snowballs. It's a snowball effect. You're going to start to pick up confidence. And even if you're not that good, like overall, you can still pick up enough confidence to say we're Absolutely. better than that other team. And, and we've seen it with Josh Allen. Josh Allen has been able to do this. But the last three weeks, I mean, it was just not good, especially against the Jets, which was a tune-up contest that didn't happen. I'm expecting a lot. If, it, if they don't show up in this game, and if they lose this game, oh, man, you're going to win this division potentially at 9-7 and seven because they got the Seahawks, they got the Cardinals, they got, oh, God, man, their schedule is ugly coming up. It gets and, rough after that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not good whatsoever, and I'm a little nervous as a Bills fan, as should all Bills Mafia be. Next one we have is the Tennessee Titans taking travel to Cincinnati to face Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, seven points, line the spread for the Titans. Go ahead, man. Where are you going with this one? What are we thinking? So, yeah, Cincinnati, Joey. You know, Joey's one of those guys you just love to root for. He's fun to watch. The offense is fun. He, he's just a cool young cat out there doing his thing. Yeah. Not the best O-line around him, so he's got to fight and strap for everything he does, but he does. He doesn't seem to complain. Uh, he's one of those kids I can't wait to see his, his career blossom and, and turn into what I think it will be. He's going to be a top quarterback in this league for years to come. But Tennessee, they're coming off a tough loss there, their first loss of the season. This is a team that has Super Bowl aspirations and every right to have that. To me, they have an ascending quarterback, right? He, he had the comeback player type performance last year. And in, in this year, he's shown that that was no fluke. He, he's, he's arrived. They know how to use his abilities. Uh, even when the game starts, not necessarily in their favor, I've seen enough from Ryan Tannehill to say you can't count him out. He knows, yep. how, to, he knows how to move the ball with this offense. A.J. Brown is an elite receiver. There's no question about it. Now that he's healthy, we can't even debate it. Beyond he's elite. elite. 
Jonu Smith, when healthy, we got to get him on the field. I believe he's supposed to play this week. He's playing. They, yeah. He is playing. So you get him back. That's a wrinkle in the offense that is you must account for. He is a matchup nightmare, people. And if you don't know his name, you will. You're going to know his name by the end of the season. So I can't go against that offense, man. I can't go against that. And I haven't even mentioned King Henry, who came off his worst game of the season, right, going against the elite Pittsburgh defense. That's not going to happen against Cincinnati. He's going to be running pissed off. I can see a couple of little stiff arms this week. Mm-hmm. I got to take the Titans. I think they're going to get right. Although Joey's going to fight and Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, our boy T. Higgins has arrived. Yes. I didn't think the T. Higgins arrival was going to happen this soon. And it has happened. And I want to give him a shout out. T. Higgins, you are the truth. I didn't think you were going to be this good. I, I was a little bit down on you in the scouting here. You were a lot better than I thought, my friend. Kudos to T. Higgins. Uh, you guys, I think you'll make the game closer than people think early and, and you know, make some, put up some points. Um, but once, once that pass rush gets going in Tennessee and Clowney and them know that the pass is coming on every down, I think mm-hmm. they're going to create some problems for Borough and uh, that's going to get Tennessee right to win that game. Yeah, so for me, the biggest problem here is, again, no Joe Mixon, and they're losing their left tackle. So, I mean, they're going to have free runners coming at Joe all day long. That might tell the tale uh, early and often. But I want to go back to your T. Higgins comment. So that's a great one for me because when we went into the scouting department, me uh, uh, specifically, I really dove into his tape because I really didn't understand why everyone was so down on Higgins. I mean, uh, he didn't he didn't perform in the combine, so that was a big speed wasn't there, right? His speed wasn't there at the pro day. His agility wasn't there at the pro day. He looked off. He looked sluggish. So everyone dropped him down. The rankings. This is what made the Buffalo Bills go out and trade for Stefan Diggs because they knew that they were sitting in the same realm with Philadelphia and they wanted to pick either Jefferson or Higgins. And then that pro day basically sealed the deal where Brandon Bean got on the phone with uh, Minnesota and said, give us uh, Diggs for whatever we can get. Right. And, and this is how it went down. But Higgins to me is, is one of those guys that he's a better player than he is in like training and practicing. He's one of these guys that once he just gets on the field, I mean, he just knows what he has to do and knows where he has to be. And when you team up with Joe Burrow, I mean, we've seen what's going on. They're just fantastic. The interesting stat in this game is that both defenses are not playing too sound. Tennessee gives up the 26th most total yards in the NFL. So when it comes down to this game, if Burrow can actually not turn over this ball, we could legitimately have a shootout. I could see a potential shootout too. Uh, I believe Burl's stat currently says he's turned over the ball four consecutive games. I think he's had an interception in four consecutive games. And on the flip side, I believe Tennessee has done nine interceptions, something crazy in the last five games. You mean picking so? Them it off. does. It does say that uh, the chances for Burl to throw a pick is high here. And I'm I'm uh, I'm going on this Halloween trend here, Clowny. We're going with the the clown here. He's going to be coming at you guys. This week, and ah, he's a scary guy when he gets going. And I feel like the clowny weekend, it, it, this is all prime for him. Let's put those wigs on and get going. You know what's messed up about Clowney is he's actually better in run defense than he is at rushing the passer. Can you believe that? I looked up this stat, and he is a beast at the run defense. Whew. 
Giovanni, watch yourself. Watch yourself, buddy. It's going to be trouble. <laughs> I'm still – I think I, – I don't remember what I picked on this one. I'd have to go back and look, but I would not be surprised if the Bengals keep it close. I think I took the Titans still at seven points. Oh, you went, you went Titans. You went yeah, Titans, my friend. Go. Yeah, there, we there both we went Titans on that one. Yeah, yeah so I, I got you. <laughs> it makes it, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense to why I did it because, I mean, turnovers are going to play the biggest role. No left tackle. I'm scared for Joe Burrow on his blind side. It's going to get ugly potentially. No, they're going to get right. They're going to get right. Let's see what happens. Las Vegas Raiders taking travel to the Cleveland Browns now without Odell Beckham Jr. Lost for the season. Terrible injury. I hate seeing this type of thing. I mean, he's coming back off a turnover, making the tackle. Tears his ACL, a.k.a. Terrell Davis. How he lost his career, just horrible. I can't stand seeing it. I mean, Odell is what he is. We know. I mean, it hasn't been working. Let's not kid ourselves. It hasn't been working in, in Cleveland. He is, uh, more so often than not, the decoy in this offense. He's had only one good game this season. I don't know. And here's the interesting thing. Before we even chop this up, this is, this is the interesting thing. I heard so many analysts say the Cleveland Browns might be better off offensively without Odell Beckham. You buying that? No. I heard that uh, Baker's numbers are better without Odell. Um, I think it's one of those anomalies. Uh, a little bit of truth might be there because Baker might be mentally, I don't want to say weak, but I think he allows other players to influence him far too much. Sure. And as quarterback, you cannot allow anybody to influence you, which is what I think made players like uh, Peyton Manning or Eli Manning, um, you know, the player that he became. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't allow that to happen. I think from the moment Odell signed the contract in Cleveland, he was in Baker's head. We know he was in his DMs. You can see how these guys yeah. have been acting. Yep. They've been best friends since he showed up, and it hasn't worked. And I believe it's because it, it's kind of taken Baker away from just being a quarterback, right? Instead of just focusing on the X's and O's, reading the defense, who's open, who's not, and focusing on what he has to do in front of him, there's a side of him that knows – my boy's over here on the left. He's the guy that made the catch in New York. He's, quote, unquote, the best receiver, arguably the best receiver football. I got to use him. He can't be guarded. Mm -hmm. If that's in your head at times, it might throw you off if you don't uh, necessarily know how to do that. And I, I've seen there is evidence to prove that that might be Baker's uh, issues. But I think he's also just not as good as advertised, right? Who, so this Baker? might be just one of those. Yeah, Baker. So it might be one of those things where they're trying to, pawn a little bit of his failures off on someone else as well now i do think odell does come with a whole bunch of baggage and we'll leave that where it is he's injured very very disheartening way to get injured i hate seeing someone get injured trying to uh to stop a turnover mm -hmm. he's trying to hustle back and make the d you know the the our boy that got hawked yeah last sunday night yes you know the play that everybody saw the meme of the week <laughs> yes that was the metcalf hawking so he came back trying to make a metcalf hawk yeah. and unfortunately hurt himself and you, you hate to see that because that's a hustle play you, you don't get paid for that they don't cut no. checks for odell to make those tackles he gets paid zero dollars for tackles ladies and gentlemen he gets paid for touchdowns and receptions right so when not he makes tackling. that kind of play not tackling so when he makes that kind of play you got to give it up to him and to get hurt on that terrible i really feel bad but overall i don't know baker and them i'm i'm picking the upset I told you before, I am on the Derek Carr train. Yep. And I'm riding it. In a game Get like this, I'm with you. In a game like this, I'm with you. I'm not Get me a ticket on a Derek Carr train. Even against good defenses, I feel like Derek Carr shows up. He shows out. He gives you his best. 
with what he got. And I think this week against a defense that's been suspect outside of uh, Miles Garrett, he's going to have a good day. With the offense around him and Jacobs needing a get-right game, mm -hmm. I think this is a shootout that uh, the Vegas find a way to pull out in the end. I'm going with them, taking the upset. Give me Vegas all day. So my, my thoughts on this thing, because I agree with it. I do. And only because the Baker Mayfield thing and the Odell Beckham thing. It's to be seen. I, I, I won't say that it's my wholehearted opinion, but I, but I agree with the thought only because it's, it's the, the, the all-star effect and what it does to a quarterback. So my comp for that is also what happened in Detroit with Calvin Johnson. And we all agree, no question, that Matthew Stafford was able to feed Calvin. Calvin was a beast, elite, potential Hall of Famer. We know this. My thing is, is that when Calvin left, what it did for that Detroit Lions offense, it allowed Matthew Stafford to now survey the field and find the open wide receiver. And essentially, after that season that Calvin retired, the entirety of that Detroit Lions offense actually picked up statistically, which is funny. But it's, it's only because you're trying to continuously feed that number one wide receiver. And, and this is where the situation is different in Cleveland because Odell wasn't putting up the Calvin numbers. So that's what magnifies this that much more is saying, will Baker be better without OBJ? And, and, and my thought process, I'm, I'm agreeing with you because do I believe Baker is that top guy? I, I don't. I really don't. I think he's, he's an above-average QB. He's not great. I mean, he has his moments. He threw the five touchdown passes when he went down. He looked great last week. But then we don't know what we get this week. Week in, week out, do we, do we really know what Baker Mayfield is going to do? We don't. Um, so, so from that perspective, I'm kind of in agreement. We will see what happens, but I think this does lift Baker Mayfield a little bit because now he's not so consumed with trying to find one guy. He was spreading the ball around beautifully last week and it worked to perfection. I, I do have a question though for you in this game. Mm -hmm. uh, Harrison Bryant, young tight end that uh, yep. came out, caught two touchdowns last week. Uh, when Baker has a guy that he likes, he's not shy to fire the ball at him. Just repeatedly rip it in there. Uh, what do you think? Is he a play this week? Do you, is there something there? I, I'm so low on Njoku. We, we've tried to see the Njoku train take off. It ain't taking off. No. He's wanted to leave Cleveland, which I think left a bad taste in their mouth. Who's Harrison Bryant? What's going on with him, and what's your take on him? So Njoku, to me, first is like a Ferrari with flat tires. That's the best way I can say it. He has all the talent in the world, but he just can't put it all together. I mean, the, the car is as only good as you put on the road. But when it comes to this Brian kid, I liked what I saw. He's, he is that he, – he's, he's, he's a more athletic Austin Hooper is how I see him. Same body frame, same type of skill sets, but I like him. I think, I think now without Hooper in this game again, I think he's going to have to use him. He's going to spread the ball. Even Rashard Higgins, I think, is a big play this week. I think, Higgins looks good. Yeah, there's, there's not enough tape on Higgins as a, as a starting wide receiver to say that he isn't a viable fantasy commodity. I think it starts with Kareem Hunt. I think it starts with Jarvis Landry. But I think your supporting cast is going to find lanes open. I think we could see Bryant score another touchdown. I think we could see Higgins score another touchdown. This Raiders defense is susceptible to big plays like we have seen. Absolutely. But I want to talk about your boy before we move on in this game is Nelson Aguilar. He is making a name for Nelly. himself. Three games in a row. He's showing something. Is he back? Is he the true number one on this offense now? What do you think? Well, no. I, don't, I won't say he's the true number one on the offense. Not I yet? Will say no, no. Nelly's being used 
the way he was uh, designed to be used. And we did that a few times with him in Philly. It just never translated into consistent use. Uh, he, he's that guy that if you get him in a, a matchup with a linebacker or, you know, third corner on your team, he can dominate them. and He can make them look really bad. And, and you can wonder how is Nelson Aguilar not, uh, not a bigger name. But the consistency, I think, is still with him. It's still something that's not there. And I don't think uh, what we're seeing from him right now is uh, it's kind of just a breakout, but it's not going to be something that translates into consistency. And Nelly, Nelly is a guy that he, he exploits mismatches. And I think they'll continue to do that this Thursday. I would play him if you're in, if you're in need of a receiver in leagues here. I wouldn't be surprised to see a Nelly touchdown. Like I said, I'm on the Derek Carr train this week. And I think this is going to be a game that has some points both ways. Mm-hmm. Both defenses have not been great. So no, I think haven't. there's going to be a lot of points both ways. I saw that Arnett is coming off the COVID list. Not sure if he's going to oh. suit up. But that's a big, big uh, up for Huge the – Huge for the Raiders. Yes, it is. Massive. Um, but for, for Nelson, I mean, it's such a tough one because you know, what's funny is that even with Henry rug, so we saw this in Alabama, he's being used exactly the same way, which kind of disappoints me. He's a, he's a straight line Boomer bust. That's it. Straight line decoy. And, and, and he's there just to pull the separation from the defenders to give guys open opportunities. And that's why Nelson is actually feasting at the moment because teams at this, at this point don't know how to stop and stack the box and keep that extra linebacker in on Aguilar to provide double coverage. And that's why, in my opinion, he is blowing up. I like seeing rugs with contested catches, though. That, that gives you some, some upside he that you might that get skill. some more. He has the skill so you can get some more looks, right? You just want – Right now, all, all you're missing from Ruggs is more playing time and more looks. That's He's it. not getting enough targets, not getting enough designed plays. I remember at the beginning of the season, they said there was going to be a design package for him. Mm-hmm. Haven't quite seen it yet. Haven't quite seen it. And I think that comes with – it has to be predicated upon the run game. If the run game is working, I think that's when Ruggs starts to work. That's too. when Ruggs shines? I think so. I think that's what's missing. I hear you. So let's go on to the biggest point spread I think I have seen in my lifetime. Minus 19.5. Kansas City Chiefs, 19.5. I thought it was a college stat. I, I, I what, don't are we, know. What, <laughs> what are we what are we about to witness in this contest? Is it legitimately gonna be 50 points? Is Kansas is Andy Reid gonna be that cruel to Adam there's, Gates? There's so many things to consider with, with this game in terms of I howl. possibilities. Um, Donald's playing. Yep. Right? I didn't miss that. Crowder's out. Crowder is officially out. Uh, Gore was questionable last I looked. The fact that I'm mentioning that's kind of shocking. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to help. I know. Uh, <laughs> minus 19 and that. I'm trying to find a way to see how these Jets, because honestly, <laughs> when you say minus 19 is where you are starting the bar, you're saying they can't score somewhere around 17 to 20 points. You're, yeah. you're, you're automatically saying they must be in that single digit to 10 point radius because no. you can't be throwing Kansas City in the 40 to 50 range off the bat. Come on now. <laughs> so what are, what are we saying with this offense? They can't do anything. They put up 10 points against the Bills. I thought they had a 10 nothing lead against the Bills. Am I, am I wrong about that? No, I think you're sure wrong. A, no. I thought they had a or, or, or 10-3 lead. 10, they had was, 10 th- no, they were, they were in the game. I don't think they ever led in that game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I could be wrong about that. Don't, but don't, I be, know they, don't be dissing my Bills that bad. <laughs> Come on, this doesn't look good. Man. No, they, they didn't, didn't but, but it didn't look that bad. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm with you. Okay. I, I, I'm trying to find a way to get the Jets somewhere you can't from do it. 14 to 20 points, and I can't do it. You can't do Crowder it. Crowder was the only way with Mims finally healthy. Mims looked okay. 
I'm a Denzel Mims guy. As the Eagles, he was on our radar as a potential draft choice. So I I'm, watched I'm a little a softer on Mims. I'm softer on Mims. I watched his tape. I was worried about him coming out of the injury, and then I saw him last week. They didn't use him a whole lot, but what they did with him, if you get Crowder with him, there is something potentially down in the future. But you know what? Let's not talk too much about the Jets. They're not winning this game. And the chances of them even holding this spread is very, very slim. This is a revenge game for Le'Veon Bell, ladies and gentlemen. Speak on it. And I think Le'Veon Bell is going to have that revenge game. Andy Reid is not no, no shy guy. He's, hey, Le', you want to take care of these guys? I got you. See Le'Veon Bell this week, guys. You will see him in the highlight reels. I think he had two runs in his first game of over 12 or 15 yards, something in that, mm-hmm. that category, which is crazy to do in your first game in limited capacity. Le'Veon Bell is going to have a nice game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes boy hasn't had that game this year. He hasn't had that four or five touchdown pass game this year. Get that ready. Waiting on. Everyone's saying it's got to happen sooner or later. So, hey, Vegas is like, can it be this week? Mahomes, please. <laughs> Minus mm-hmm. 19, can it be this week? <laughs> hey, everybody, start your Chiefs. Chiefs yeah. are going to roll. Jets are not serious. They're going after the, the quarterback in the draft. And we That's, all right. know it. That's what it is. That's right. So I had Tyreek Hill as a huge day player this week. Obviously, he's a must-start week in, week out. I wasn't saying that, but I like to highlight the top-end commodities for each week sometimes, and, and Hill, it just oozes the potential because Hill has been one of those guys as well who doesn't uh, or, or who hasn't, I should say, had that big monster game this season so far. I mean, he's been very consistent. He's given us the, the 13 to 18 point range week in, week out. He's doing it, even if it comes at last second touchdown. But this is the game. This is the game I want to see. I want to see the eight for 140 and three touchdowns from Tyreek. I, I mean, oh, yeah, why not? Right? I want to see it too. And I don't want to see it on that little uh, running back toss. No. They Let's give the deep. quarterback a touchdown pass because he flipped the ball forward. Nah, Tyreek, I want to see you burn, buddy. Let's burn. Let's burn. Let's burn. Going to, going to your Denzel Mims point. So my, I had to pull it back. So my scouting report says prototype, size, and frame. He's very strong. He was a red zone killer. The fade was automatic. Create separation. His slant and fade are his best routes. His combine versus tape speed doesn't always match, and that's what I always found on the field. Didn't like that aspect of him. He's a little bit stiff. He lacks the elite agility that would have put him into the category with uh, C.D. Lamb, Judy, uh, Higgins, and, and, and Jefferson and company. He has drops and his release is average. My NFL comp for him was Mike Williams. So, I mean, it's not a terrible comp for him, but I really need to see it. That's kind of why I was a little bit down because we know Mike Williams. He's a little bit of a boomer bust kind of guy. He takes the deep shots. He makes incredible catches. And I think that's what we will see from Mims as well. We'll see him make those massive catches because he does high point that ball very well. And, and I mean, that's how much I can really promote the jets at this point. Hey, <laughs> they need Crowder and, and somebody pay that man. Let's give Crowder a shout out yeah. for a guy that produces regardless of who's on the field with him or who's throwing him the ball. In an offense that we were struggling to find production, let's give a shout-out to Jamison Crowder. Two teams he's played on now mm-hmm. that have been absolute shit. And he has been a star in those teams. I wonder what Jamison Crowder would be like with an elite quarterback in a good offense. It would be something else. I, 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 I do not doubt Crowder's talent whatsoever. I, I even had this conversation before with another colleague, and I said, if, if he – could stay healthy too. Health is becoming a problem as well. He, he's likely missing this game. That's two games in a row. 
But if he can, if he can play full 16, we're talking about him as one of the best slot receivers in the entire NFL. Oh, you're talking elite numbers. Yeah. Yep. And you know what? He might be able to stay healthy if he's not getting 14 targets a game. You know, if he's <laughs> on a enough. team that doesn't need to throw him the ball 15 times a game, Fair they can just give him like seven to, you know, 10, he might have a better chance of staying healthy. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Next game we have is the unleashing of Tua Tagovailoa. We get Tua! To Tua's in the house. He is going to be going up against the LA Rams. Those poor Rams have to travel to basically every NFC East team, long distance travel. But we get the three and a half points for the Rams. I don't know. I'm, I'm literally, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Tua can do. But this is a rough game to give him for his first start. I mean, he's going up against Aaron Donald and company. I mean, we know that the Miami Dolphins are trying to ascend. They're trying to build. The defense looks a lot better. But again, I think this might have been a mistake. You should have picked a weaker team to start this transition. Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing well for you guys. You're three and three. This division obviously is still up for grabs. You were in playoff contention still. I don't know. I still didn't get it. I didn't like how they did Ryan dirty. He even said it. He was all in on this Miami Dolphins team. He was shocked. Like that he, like when the Buffalo Bills did it, he said the Buffalo and Miami were my, basically my only two spots where I was truly all in. And that's because the, the both teams gave him the starting quarterback uh, slot from day one. And I feel bad for the guy because he did nothing but play well. Absolutely. You know, that was a tough one, man. That's like uh I found a very hard comparison for the Ryan Fitzpatrick situation. It's like going to work every day and, you know, every day you're, you're a hundred percent relied on. You're the guy, you're the man and everybody Producing. greets you at the door. And, you know, even the, the guy in the back is greeting you and the, the training, everybody, you're the guy. And now they, they come to work and you're the same guy, but they're like, do I greet you the same way? You know, like it, it threw everything off and I fell for him. It, I fell for him. Like, do we, yeah. do we still, Hey, Fitzy. Yeah. Have a big get. No, you're not playing. Like, no, not. you know, like they don't yeah. know how to greet him. And man, it hurt for such a guy that, that, that gave everything for this team, you know, but it's sports, right? This is what yeah. happens. And it's two a time and everything up here, everything between my eyes and in my head is telling me that this is not logical. You're going against Aaron Donald. You're going against Leonard Floyd. You're going against Jalen Ramsey. Oh, right. And you're throwing two in as a rookie. Never played a snap in the NFL. Didn't have a preseason. Didn't have none of the things that a rookie has the luxury of having. And now you're just saying, hey, we're in a chance to, uh, to make the playoffs. Go win a very important game for us. You know, mm-hmm. everything up here says that's that sounds rough, man. Really? And Fitzy knows. He knows. But then, you know what? Sometimes you got to ask yourself. There's, there's a, a passing of the guard. There is unforeseen changes in life. There's things that you have to be ahead of the curve. You can't wait for everything to happen and then make the change. Sometimes you got to see it and then make it. Agreed. Maybe Flores is on to something that the rest of us are trying to wait on, right? Maybe he is. He said, hey, we got a bye coming up. we got Tua. He's healthy. Because the, 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 the issue he may not have started the season with is because of the hip, right? Yep. If he never had that surgery, never had that catastrophic injury, Tua's probably starting from day one. And he might be even playing for the Bengals. There you go. So with Flores just looking at all the aspects, and he gets to see Tua every day, which we don't have the luxury of doing, he might be saying, hey, guys, you guys don't understand. Like, Fitzy's playing great, and, I, and this hurts. Tua's special, right? And, and we maybe not just – we're not acclimated to see it yet. You know, we haven't seen it. 
for a long time since college. So maybe there's just something that they're noticing in practice where he gives them a legit better chance to win. Mm-hmm. And we all just don't know it. Um, I got to see it still because I, I don't jump on it. I haven't seen a rookie translate into the NFL and, and jump on the scene like that with, with his skill set to, to just take over with, with the roster around him. You know, that's the biggest thing that I think that will hold him back in this game is the roster around him. It's not elite. And that defense is going against is. But uh, I'm excited. This is probably one of the most exciting debuts I've ever been uh, keen to. That's not like a week one, week two big thing. You know, this is a big one that I think everyone should tune in if you can. And let's get some Tua, Tua time. He's a great kid. I think he's going to get a lot of uh, uh, attention nationally. I Absolutely. agree. I think that Tua is an elite prospect. The hip was the only thing. If he didn't injure that hip, I mean, we would have had a different conversation. Uh, who was picking? Uh, who who would get picked number one, number one by the yeah. Bengals? No question about it. And I that mean, hip was uh, sorry to cut you off. That yeah. hip was a Bo Jackson esque. Yes, it was. Like we don't want to undermine that. That was a potential career ending. That's correct. Uh, there was talks when he hurt that hip that we don't know if he'd ever play again. And now we're looking into week eight, and two is going to start against one of the best defensive units. So, you know, you can't help but cheer for the guy. You can't. I agree. But with that said, we got to go. Rams, I think the Rams are yeah. they're, they're primed to, to make the playoffs. We just talked about the NFC West. That division gets you right. If you're playing against that division, in that division, amongst that division, you're ready for any other team in the, in the league, I believe. That division gets you primed for Agreed. tough nose football. And I'm not sure if Miami Dolphins are ready for that this week. They're not ready, and I agree with it. They're not ready for this whatsoever. I mean, they're pretending. We know this. I mean, they're pretending. They're, they're, they're trying to rebuild. So you're going to win games. You're going to see the, the improvements. And then everyone's going to say, oh, oh, look at Miami. Miami's doing things. That's because they paid for it, man. If we didn't see this, there would be a bigger conversation of problems. Okay? <laughs> the defense is a lot better. I mean, when you brought over Byron Jones to play with Xavier Howard, I mean, that's just gold. You know they're locking guys down. But the Tua thing to me, I'm excited about it only because – so my fear, I guess I should say, my fear for why I was, I was saying keep fits in is because of that hip. I mean, but obviously I'm not the, the medical training staff for the Miami Dolphins. I, I'm not in that locker room every day seeing what he's doing. I'm not on the field seeing what he's doing. But he's elite. We know this. He is an elite talent. And you know what I kind of feel like it is? I think Flores, he does see the potential in playing Tua and seeing the success. But I think it's also a little bit of envy because he sees what's going on with Joe Burrow. He sees what's going on with Justin Herbert and everyone's saying, especially the ownership group in Miami is saying, Hey, Hey, look what's going on over there. Look what, these, look what these teams are doing. Let's unleash our cat and see what he can do. Let's touch on that though. Before we move on. Uh, have you ever noticed that a lot of these actually, let me backtrack that. How many quarterbacks that have come out and been drafted as a, 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 a starter, a day one starter, mm-hmm. rookie starter, has gone on to have success in the first, let's say, three seasons. And we're talking success in the terms of wins and losses, playoffs, or Super Bowl. Not many. Patrick Mahomes did it, and he Mm -hmm. did it off the bench. Aaron Rodgers, I'm not sure what year he won the Super Bowl, but I know he did it off the bench, right? Mm -hmm. It was a few years in. So you might be right. McNair, if we're going back, he he was on the bench first, too. It might be some – you might be right with this whole, you know, wait and see what Tua Fitzy was doing his thing. you're not going to get the Super Bowl in Miami this year, regardless nope. of Tua or Fitzy play. Let's, let's just try to keep the realm of uh, reality here. Yep. But his potential, his development, it remains to be unknown if, 
now, now we're going to just see him play. So it is what it is. But I have noticed a trend with the quarterbacks um, in his potential caliber level that get the chance to sit. They do – they seem to be the ones that win the Super Bowls. The other ones get the stats. Joey's got the stats right now. Herbert's looking great with the stats right now, and the wins aren't there for either of those guys. Mm-hmm. Herbert, I think he got his first win. He did, yep. Which was shocking to me because I, I thought since his first throw, he's looked like an NFL quarterback. Oh, he's fantastic. Herbert, to me, has looked fantastic. But that tells you something that, yeah, sitting them behind for a year, especially on a team that is destined to lose regardless, mm-hmm. it may have huge dividends. Huge. So then per, for that perspective, before we move on, is maybe he sees baptism by fire in this contest to put him up against the top dogs to see what he can actually do. Maybe we're being a little bit too nice and we're saying, you know, baby to a little bit, you know, like – Keep the paper on, keep the training wheels on. And maybe this is, maybe this is a positive thing. Maybe this is something I respect Brian, Brian Flores. If he's doing it in this category where he's saying, you know what, Tua, you're going to go up against the, the elite dogs in this league. And I want to see what you got before we can do anything else. And, and if he does well, I, I'm not even, okay. What's well, uh, 200 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. I'm saying that's a success, even if they lose. Yeah, I'm with you on that, um, 100%. Everything you said there, I'm with you on that. I think Brian Flores is a no-nonsense guy. He's not afraid to, uh, to pull the trigger and let's, let's put the cards on the table and see who's better. And I think he has a lot of faith in his guys, so let's, let's go. Let's see. Patriots, Excited. Patriots disciples, man. They like to push it like Bill does. Next game we have is the L.A. Chargers taking on the Denver Broncos. Our guy, Justin Herbert, they are favored by three points going into the mile high. They are two and four. Broncos are two and four. This is a big game for the division. For the Huge. Huge. I mean, Denver basically let down an egg last week. Didn't look sharp. Didn't look good. Kansas City was doing it in all stages. Again, this is the thing. It's like Patrick Mahomes has had a couple weeks off. He hasn't had to do a whole hell of a lot. I mean, it's, it's defense. It was special teams. So that tells me that this is a good game for the Chargers. I'm starting to... I don't want to say dislike Anthony Lynn. I'm starting to question his uh, uh, coaching ability because this team, again, has talent out the wazoo. This team, yes, you got injuries. I'll give him that. He hasn't had a full roster of health. I'll give him that. That is the one pass I will give. But you have a guy who went up against the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees. He went up last week, and yes, okay, it was against a subpar opponent, but he is balling out. Fantasy points last week, he gave me 40. Justin Herbert gave me 40. When do we see rookie quarterbacks giving you 40 points on a club stacked with talented receivers? They have The offensive line looks 10 times better this year than it did last year for Rivers. This is a game. I think that the Chargers, and this is a big one, but for the Broncos side, this is revenge game for Melvin Gordon. Let's not forget that. If you are a Melvin Gordon owner, you are starting him Start every him week. No question about it. This is revenge. You always play the revenge game. But as for the Chargers, I think they come in a mile high, and I think they steal this one. I can see them stealing this one. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, Denver fighting tough. I think the defense is better than uh, people are noticing. They're going to play some tight, tight run D. It's going to be tough for the Chargers to run the ball. I don't like Joshua Kelly or – uh, Justin Jackson, this game, me. either, either of them. I think they're both kind of on that same ranking too. I can't tell you which one is going to excel, which one to start over the other. Uh, if I did pick one, I'd be lying to you to tell you I'm confident. It's a coin toss. 
and uh, the matchup isn't great. Herbert's probably the the only guy that I uh, that I like with Keenan in that offense going in. Denver's got a good D that people aren't talking about. The thing that's holding Denver back is truthfully that that the quarterback position, the quarterback play hasn't been uh, hasn't been great. I'm not not trying to be down on lock, but it, it really hasn't. No, it hasn't. Um, with that said, Herbert's been fantastic. The O line's protected him enough. He's uh, he's done enough to uh, to 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 warrant me saying, "Hey, I got to go with the kid." Road or home, he looks good as long as his receiving weapons are healthy. He's missed Hunter health uh, Hunter a couple times. I think him and Hunter are going to get right this week. I I got them winning this game. Three, they can cover that three and a half. Let's go, uh, Chargers. Fire them up. I think the Chargers are going to be a team that you, you're going to want to look at going into uh, late December here. They're going to be sneaking into the playoff picture and, and wrecking people's, uh, people's predictions. I, I agree. I'm with that. Fifth in the NFL right now, the LA Chargers in total passing yards. Fifth. Fantastic. That is unreal. Next game we have is the New Orleans Saints, uh, favored by four and a half points, taking travel to Chicago. I struggled with this one a lot. We got word today that uh, Michael Thomas is not going to suit up. I haven't heard word about Emmanuel Sanders, but I'm assuming he's still under COVID protocol. He may not suit up for this one as well. I'm really nervous about this game only because we did see, okay. We did see how the Rams played him. I called that one last week when I said the Daryl Henderson thing, we needed Malcolm Brown, the punishing uh, runner. And he, he showed it, he showed it. And that's, that's kind of what I want to see. But I mean, Without Michael Thomas, we've seen what this offense can't do. I mean, they're, they're, they're struggling. I mean, we have this Callaway kid who's starting to play a lot better. He's, I believe he's an undrafted uh, rookie free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, yeah but he, he's looking okay. He's looking good. Uh, Traquan, to me, is what he is. I can't, I can't sell him anymore. I, I was big on him. I can't sell him anymore. I think he is what he is. He's an average pass catcher. He's going to get you open every now and then. You'll find some chemistry. But this game has to come with the run game. I think we do see a lot of Latavius Murray as well. I think we see a lot of uh, uh, Alvin Kamara. It's got to be the tandem between the two of them. The run game has to be the staple. And then the play-action pass is going to burn them, just like we saw Jared Goff do on Monday Night Football. But look, you see, again, the Bears, the best pass defense, second-best best pass defense in the entire NFL. They shut down Robert Woods and Cooper Cup like nobody's business. The only thing for the Bears... I'm still thinking I took uh, New Orleans in this game. I can't remember. I'll have to look on that one as well. But the only thing for the, for the uh, Bears in this game, revenge game. Another one, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy it's Graham Jimmy. is coming. We have no Allen Robinson. He is doubtful with the concussion protocol. So, man, 10, 10 targets to Jimmy this week. I could see it. Touchdown Central. Yeah, I can see Jimmy having a ton of targets. The rookie over there, Mooney, I can see him having himself a ton of targets. Mm-hmm. He missed a couple chances. The Foles missed a couple chances to hit him on uh, – their last game there, he could have he could have had a much bigger game. Uh, but with that said, I I picked the Saints. I'm not as worried about it as you are. Michael Thomas has been out all season, so True. that's not a worry in terms of the offensive production. They've been rolling without him in terms of what they need to do. I think they found a game plan. They know kind of what their offense is without him, so they're going to go in knowing the Bears' stingy D is not going to give up much. But I I see a whole lot of Kamara and a whole lot of Latavius Murray and. Uh, Play action off that just enough to to get them to win. I don't like at all what I've seen from Nick Foles and that Chicago offense. And now you're probably playing this game without Allen Robinson, and he has been the one bright spot of that offense. 
Uh, Jimmy is something to talk about in terms of headlines, in terms of some fantasy production here and there throughout the season. But in terms of actual uh, impact and winning football games and no. changing the course of the game, he's not that guy anymore. He's no, old. No. That's right. You know, he, he, he's not going to change the flow of the game. I don't think the Saints need to worry about game planning for him or anything no. like that. This is a game that I think the Saints just need to stick to a game plan, not worry about being too pretty and having a whole lot of success early. Understand you're going against a top-flight defense. It's going to give you troubles early, but their offense will give you short fields, will give you the opportunity to capitalize. Just wait on it. You have enough pieces on D. Uh, Cam Jordan will get right. They'll get to Nick. Something will happen, I think, in the, in the, through the course of the game that will turn in the Saints' favor, and then they'll just take the lead and run away with it at that point. That's why I'm going with the Saints. Uh, the division is too tough for them to slip up. Agreed. So I think Breeze and them just – can't afford to have any mess ups and they're coming in this game locked still, loaded ready to win yeah i still see i still see the saints winning this game i just don't know if five points they can cover, if they can just, cover. it feels it feels like it's not a lot but when five points at the end of the game gets killed by a by a late field goal or touchdown i mean it, it, it hurts you in the betting public the thing is i want to talk before we move on is david montgomery i'm starting to get Dave. out i'm starting to get out on this guy i'm done i i, I see him Week in, week out, I mean, okay, we can make the arguments that the offensive line isn't the best. The quarterback situation isn't the best. So, yes, he is facing stacked boxes all the damn time. I get it. I get it. But he just looks like an average dude out there, and I, I don't know what it is. And, and maybe if I'm wrong, hey, I'll eat it. You know, I'm not out completely, but I'm starting to fall off the train, and I really don't like it because I really did want to support this guy, but I just I don't see it all put together for him. Yeah, I'm with you. With, within this offense, with Nick Foles at quarterback, I don't like it. Don't like uh, it. He may have been targeted a bit more with Foles, but in the run game, I feel like the production is, is sloppy. It looked better with Trubisky. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of, of Montgomery right now at all. And then going against this Saints D, not a great matchup for him. This is going to be one of those games where I think his floor is safe, but the ceiling is not there. He, he's not going to have a big game. You can't see him having a double-digit uh, two-touchdown game or nothing like that. He's going to have enough carries, a couple receptions that he, he he's not going to bust and give you three points or two points or something like that. He's going to have enough opportunities. The game will be – I think the game will be relatively close, mm-hmm. and he's going to stay in the rhythm of the game. It's not going to be one of those game script gets away from him. they got to throw the ball 40 times a game uh, because the defense is so good over there in Chicago. But I'm with you. Overall, it's a tough play. He's a tough guy to have right now. and. It hasn't happened. It hasn't translated like it did early in the season, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. The PPR points are saving his fantasy days weekly now, and that I can see being uh, the occurrence again this week. Next game, we have a massive, massive showdown in the NFC West. The San Francisco 49ers taking on Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. This game is going to be fire, man. This is going to be an awesome game. I can't wait. Russell Wilson, a little uncharacteristic last week, threw three interceptions. Arizona looked for real. They looked good. Cliff Kingsbury, you know this. I've been preaching Cliff for a long time. I love his play calling. I mean, and you have a division. This is the funny thing. You have a division with some of the best offensive minds in football in Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. You add Cliff Kingsbury. And, I mean, come on, let's say – Pete Carroll ain't no joke either. He gets this team hyped up every single week. Russell Wilson's playing his best football. We'll credit Schottenheimer for that. But, I mean, it is what it is. Right now, the Seahawks are at home. They're favored by three points. I'll start with you, man. You go ahead. How do you see this? I got some thoughts, but but where are you going? Yeah, I like the Seahawks. I was uh, was shocked at the loss last week, to be honest. I did like Arizona's 
potential to, to have a shootout, especially with Seattle's defense faltering all season. Uh, they've, they've, they've completely collapsed since our, our guy got hurt there. That was a He trade. might be back this week, though. Is this the week he's coming back? Jamal, said, Jamal he, might. He, he played a limited practice this week. Okay, he practiced season. at a limited capacity. Yeah, he, uh, he's been – they've been missing him. I don't know what else to say besides that. They have definitely been missing Jamal Adams, and the defense looks like a shell of itself, even with both linebackers playing. You know, with, with Wagner playing, and I, I expected more, and we're not seeing it as a, as a unit right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I'm not off the train. Tyler Lockett is too good. DK oh. Metcalf is too good. Oh. And, you know, first name Russell, last name Wilson. Too good. Too good. Uh, this is going to be a close game. I think San Francisco has found a rhythm in their passing game, a rhythm in uh, the running game. Even with all this injuries at the running back position, has yep. any team suffered more injuries at one position? I, I, I can't believe how many every week some guy runs, runs well, gets hurt. That offense. Another guy line. runs, runs well, gets hurt. It, the offensive credit, credit line, the, the offensive line. It's amazing. Schemes, yeah, it's amazing. So hasty. Sounds like this is the Jermichael Hasty game. It is. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go for 100 yards this game. Uh, Before you say time. that, you see that uh, uh, Jarek McKinnon? You see Shanahan gave him, he's got tired legs? What the hell does that mean? Tired just... legs? You're an NFLer, man. Tired legs? You should not have tired legs. <laughs> I, I think that's just uh, coach talk, man. Yeah, I, I, think, think so. uh, I think so, too. Wilson was just a better play, and he didn't want to try to give – tip an edge to somebody being better or whatever, you know, trying to give that type of media talk. So it just, he gave you what an answer he could, but it, it, ah, that San Francisco team is a hard team to peg. They, they go from one week looking completely dominated by Eagles, Miami? by Miami to a team that can go out and play with the best of them. And uh, we know on paper when they're healthy, they have, they have one of the best rosters in the NFL. You know, Kyle Shanahan has one of the best minds in the NFL. We know George Kittle is the best tight end between blocking and receiving in that combination of the two. He's hands down, in my opinion, the best tight end in the NFL. And he's, he's arguably one of the biggest game changers. There's only a few guys that I think are game changers. And I'm talking offense and defense. Kittle is one of the few that are a game changer. When he plays, the entire shift, the entire, the entire focus of the game must change. Uh, and even with all that said, last name Russell, or sorry, first name Russell, last name Wilson. <laughs> yep. He's going to cook. And they lost their first game of the season. They ain't fitting to lose another one. Not back-to-back. I'm going to Seattle. I'm going to Seattle to cover. Big game. I think it'll be close. But at the end, Seattle's got to come out with the win and get back to rolling. I took the Hawks to cover this game as well. But it didn't come with a lot of thought process. Okay. First of all. Running back. San Fran's defense. Passing yards third. Rushing yards ninth. Points fifth third down seventh Seattle Seahawks third down conversions on offense 31st but that is a that is a skewed statistic because they don't get into many third downs Russell Wilson is pushing that ball to his wide receivers they are one of the most explosive uh, teams in the NFL this season the Seahawks are but I do like the odds this week and and like I, I, I joke with Jarek McKinnon but I think he gets involved a lot in the past game with Debo Samuel again on the shelf Really worried about Debo's outlook moving forward as well. He is turning into another wide receiver, just like Deontay Johnson, who we just can't trust at this point when it comes to health. I mean, when they're on the field, they're balling. But when when they get the ball, they just get – 
clobbered and they find their way into the medical room. This is the week for me. Brandon Ayuk, unveil and unleash this man. He, he came off a 100-yard game last week, but I think this is the game that we actually see the true playmaker that he is. He is a defined natural playmaker. I saw it all over my scouting reports, all over the film when I watched him. He is that damn good when he is a playmaker. Get the ball in his hand. He will show you what he can do. But, I mean, how can you go against the Seahawks team at home? I get it. No fans. I get it. It's a big different story. But Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I have him again as a potential big day player. We could see a shootout of sorts again, kind of like we saw. I, I want to say I'm cautiously optimistic that uh, Jamal Adams will suit up in this game. I don't see it. He's probably out for one more week, which is going to bode well for the 49ers. Sunday night football, man, your Eagles, your Eagles on Sunday night against it should have been a good game if Dak was in, but now we have no Dak. We have a third stringer. Danucci is starting for the Dallas Cowboys. For those of you who don't know, Danucci is not necessarily the most fleet of foot when it comes to throwing the football, but he is very fast. Uh, he, he can run the ball extremely well. So I, I totally see uh, uh, installation of the read option in this game to make him more comfortable because he will break free. But that Eagles run defense is phenomenal. We know this. They are top six in the NFL. I'm starting every single person I can that I have. I'm going Fulgham. I'm going Boston Scott. I'm starting Carson Wentz, and I am loving it this week, man. Your Eagles, they're going to blow this game up. I know it. Yeah, I don't want to get too excited about this because, you know, it's Dallas week. If you're an Eagles fan, Dallas week's a big week. You know, no matter what the records are, this is the week typically uh, where it's between us and Dallas to win the division. Uh, and we're going to come to play, and they're going to come to play. And it's going to be one of those weeks that everyone's hype, and we're going we're gonna to have a showdown. Uh, unfortunately, Dallas is going through some, uh, some quarterback issues. <sighs> Andy Dalton hit. I can't get that one out of my yeah, head, that was, man. That was that a was rough cheap. hit. I don't want to see Andy out like that. It sounds like he was in meetings today and yesterday, but he's not. He's not no, practicing he's out, he's yet. He hasn't week. cleared. He's ruled out completely. So Danucci's coming in. He's a seventh-round pick. Haven't seen a lot of footage on him. I believe he had six snaps last week and took three sacks. That doesn't sound great. Uh, they're going to have to run the ball. And uh, like you said, uh, you're going to have to install that read option and run a whole lot of Zeke and a whole lot of Danucci. I don't see them throwing the ball all, all over the, the field on the Eagles. Even though our pass defense is our weakest aspect of our defense, and they have three balling receivers over there, that O-line versus our D-line is not their matchup that they're going to want to look at a whole lot. Nope. So I can see a whole lot of Dallas runs. First half, I'm, I'm right where I was last week. Everybody was Eagles, Eagles, Eagles over the Giants. I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. And the game played out, and it looked like it should have been the Giants game. Mm -hmm. So once again, I'm still a little terrified, although the Eagles are getting healthy. My boy Rager's coming back. He's coming back, yep. Hallelujah, Jalen Rager. Huge. I feel like this is the week Jalen Rager's going to show people, not necessarily in the box score, but you're going to see a couple plays. You're going to see a couple moves. You're going to see some runs, some, some attitude. The man has been upset. He's been on the bench. He's been injured. He's watched Justin Jefferson dance. He's watched CeeDee Lamb. He's even watched T. Higgins. It's time. It's time. And I think you will see some plays, and I think he will make the world be like, oh, this is why they took Justin. Or sorry, this is why they took Jay Rager over Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. I see something there, and mixed with what we've seen with the emergence of Travis Fulgham, I like it. We got something on offense. If the O line can hold up, everything screams an Eagles blowout. But every time everything screams an Eagles blowout, it's a close game. So I'm going Eagles. We're gonna win the game. Let's go fly. We're gonna fly high. Uh, I think we're gonna probably win this game by seven though. 
I'm going Eagles like 30 to 23, closer game than people think. Zeke, then we're going to get right, and Danucci's going to get some runs. You saw that Daniel Jones run last week, and he's mm-hmm. uh, he stumbled at the end, but there's some holes to run if you, if you can trick the Eagles defense. So you might see some Danucci big runs uh, more than we expect. You're being far too kind, in my opinion, for the Cowboys <laughs> right now because they are not even close to being competitive, in my opinion. I mean, I get it. I mean, they're your, your Eagles, your team. You're, you're, you're playing the, the humble card, and I respect it. I get it. Up and oh, down, man, Eagles. they go up and down. I'm I really not I, trying to play the humble card. They're going up it. and down. I get Watch it. Watch them I, every week. They go I, up and I down. I know. I've seen it, too. And, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> hard football to watch at times in Philly. But this is the game, man. I mean, for me, I got even Zeke as a bench this week. How messed up is that? Woo! I'm calling it as a bench because from what bench I'm Zeke. seeing, this is done. It's over in Dallas. This is it. I'm sorry, Dallas fans. Even if the only way Zeke saves his day is if he gets some kind of touchdown garbage time points, because there is no way in hell that the Eagles are going to even entertain not stacking the box on Zeke at all. Look what the Washington football team did to him last week. They have a very uh, stout and stellar defensive front. The Eagles do as well. Let's not kid ourselves. That front four is phenomenal. Fletcher Cox is still a beast in his own right. So I am not even coming close to starting Zeke Elliott. I told all the people who follow me, trade Zeke away for what you can because it gets worse after this week. I mean, you have eight games remaining. Out of those eight games, you have two contests uh, against the, the Minnesota Vikings and the Cincinnati Bengals. Outside of that, you have top six defenses in six of those games against the run. I am not touching Zeke for the remainder of the season because we see it. And this Danucci kid, you said it, man, sacked three times after coming in. Even with a full week of practice, this is not going to bode well for this man. I feel sorry for him. He may catch a couple runs here or there, but I just don't see it whatsoever. Eagles, minus 10.5. I am taking that spread all day long. You will be happy on Monday. When it comes to Monday Night Football, buddy, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers facing those New York Giants. Minus 12.5 for Tom Brady. The Vegas line and odds makers are starting to show respect because they see the potential in this offense. Leonard Fournette came back. He looked good. Kind of put Ronald Jones on the side. And this is kind of the what I was saying last week. Remember, it was, it was this is Tom Brady's team. This is, this is how he wants to run it, and we're seeing it. It's, it's, it's Fournette on the, on the field, and why Fournette more than Ronald Jones last week? It's because he can catch the ball. We're going to see a lot of this trend continue. Tom Brady loves the check down. If Ronald Jones can't figure out his, his reception game, we're going to see Leonard Fournette a whole hell of a lot on this field because he loves it, especially on third down. Fournette's going to be the killer, and I, and I love it. We don't have Antonio Brown yet. Uh, Chris Godwin is out with a finger injury. Could be a couple weeks. Um, but I don't see much competition in this game, especially with the, the Giants offensive line being in that COVID protocol as well. They, they, I haven't heard if anybody else has tested as of yet, but I mean, this is a concern for Monday. Uh, we could see it pushed back, but again, the NFL is very optimistic that this game will move forward, man. You, you seeing it 12 and a half points the same way as I am covering. Oh, absolutely. Now, was Antonio completely ruled out? Is he not making his debut Monday? He still has the suspension to cover. So this is his last day of suspension or last oh, week of suspension. Okay. So that's official. He, he comes back the following week. After, after eight weeks, yeah. Okay, got you, got you, got you. Yeah, that changed a little bit. I thought they were going to feed Antonio if he was eligible um, with Godwin out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is another, another make game uh, for Scotty Miller. He gets one more chance yes, to, to come out here and show that he's an NFL product and him and Brady have some. And I could see him still having uh, another decent game. Tyler Johnson. 
I got to go Tampa. They look like they're looking to, uh, to crush teams. When I see them on the field right now, nah, this is Brady's team, and there is no, there is no letting up. If he nope. can throw five touchdowns, six, he's going to do it. Doesn't care. Agreed. If he can throw all of them from the one-yard line, he's going to do it. Doesn't care. And I just see that I just see the team doing it again this week. They're going to come out. They're going to look to put as many points on the board as humanly possible. And the defense is going to look to crush the Giants. I'm really scared if I'm Daniel Jones going against that Tampa defense. Uh, I heard Sterling Shepard is he's limited. I know he's back from a long absence. He's always limited. It makes always. me worry about him. We know Evan Ingram hasn't shown out. Now you're going against a top flight defense. I can't see him having a good game. Our boy Devontae Freeman was limited. Nothing screams Giants can, can muster enough offense to, uh, to compete in this game. So I got to go Tampa, Tampa all day. This almost feels like the lock of the week, to be honest. I just, True. I just don't see it. Like what, you, like what I said at the beginning, when you see Tampa like this and with Tom, when he wants to just put his foot on your throat, they just don't stop. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams will casually hand it off at that point in the game or take the field goals. These guys will go for the touchdown and the touchdown pass. And they won't give you a chance to, uh, to relax and get the obvious play call in. Oh, they're going to run. We'll just stop the run and take the field. No, they'll throw the ball. Tom will throw from the one, from the two, from the three. doesn't matter. And when they're playing like this with these weapons and uh, the goals that they have set, Saints are still competing with them to win the division. So they're going to go full throttle. You got to go Tampa. To me, that's my lock of the week. They're covering that. Yeah, and I, and I saw Tom Brady for 20 years. And, and what I noticed about Tom Brady – it's 100% on point. He is constantly wanting to perfect the offense. That's his game. He, he wants to be perfect. And, and, and from that perspective, you got to respect the man. You have to. Um, Absolutely. Even, even as Bill's Mafia fan, I, I respect the hell out of Tom Brady from that staple alone. I wish the Bills would be take some of that culture and say, you know what, we're going to continue to ride and we're going to continue to get better in a game that we're still winning and we're blowing him out. But I'm with it. I think Tampa Bay rolls easy in this game. Um, I think Tyler Johnson has a big day, and this will potentially be the last big day that he has because Antonio Brown will come in, and, and then, you know, we'll see how that, uh, how that all transpires. But, I mean, Another day it, for Gronk, too. Another day, day for, for Gronk, Gronk, ladies and gentlemen. He's I know you were on the Gronk train early. I was. I was too early. Hey, you were a little early. He was getting back. He's, now he looks like he's in football shape. They got a package in for him. If you get within that five-yard line, he's going to get split out. Mm-hmm. And if you give him one on one, it's over. That's so where, I'm back that's on I'm back on the Gronk train. And that's why I was I was preaching it so early because for me it just reeked of red zone opportunity. This is, and the chemistry because I mean they're old buddies. They used to play in, in New England for a long time. This is old school. They know each other. He knows exactly which side he's going to be going, how many steps he's taken. That's how good the chemistry is between the two. I was just early. I was about what five weeks too early. And a little and early. Kinda, yeah, just hold him. <laughs> how are you going to stop? How can you honestly stop Gronk on, on one side, Mike Evans on the other side, and then a potential run from the red zone with you Tom can't. Brady at quarterback? You how, can you, how can you defend that? You're going to you need put- like a – I was thinking about that earlier today. It was weird. You're going to need like that Cam Chancellor type player. You, you, every time I see these guys line up with Gronk, I'm always, oh, why are they lining this guy up with Gronk? Mm-hmm. But they must show something in practice. To, to warrant that matchup. That must be something that they saw on tape. Like, oh, you're the guy that's going to guard Gronk. And then we watch the game on Sundays, and the guy literally looks completely out of his league. Mm-hmm. They, it looks like the defense wasn't prepared for the matchup with how bad Gronk burns guys in the red zone. You know what I mean? It, it, it's scary sometimes to see how he makes grown men look like children. 
So uh, I, I'm worried about that going forward. Anybody going against Tampa Bay, if they got Evans on one side and Gronk on the other, Brady in the middle, and Fournette behind them in the eye formation, you're going to have a hard time stopping these guys in the red zone consistently. And I mean, now you're adding Antonio to the mix. And again, and, we and like I said, okay, fine. I'm, I'm still not like the believer that Antonio is just going to come in and be the, the team's number one weapon. I think it's, it's going to be like we've seen Brady's just going to go to the open guy and he's been doing it over the last three weeks. He's just, he, whoever's open. If you're my guy, I'm feeding you. You catch you'll the ball, it. you'll get it again. Absolutely. And that's how it goes. Week eight, man. That's it. Thanks again for coming on, man. Happy Halloween to all you guys. I mean, if you got little ones out there, be safe, of course. Yeah, everybody be safe. Enjoy your trick-or-treating. I'm going to have the boys out tomorrow. I'm not, not going trick-or-treating this year. It's a little different with the COVID, but we're going to be out having our costumes, having a good time. There we go. That's going to always be a good time. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore ADF1. You can find the show on Twitter at ADF Underground. To all the listeners, thank you for all the support on behalf of EJ. And until next time, stay humble, stay peaceful, and take care of each other. I'm out. One love. <laughs>